big screen, little screen. If this is your first time listening, make sure you check out the back catalogue, www.knowyourselfouthere.com. Right about now, it's all about big screen, little screen, myself, SK Vibe Maker, Movie Reporter Lowry. It's where we talk about everything good on the big screen, on the little screen, and everything else in between. Whether you are listening on the digital streaming platforms or you are listening on Rinse FM. How are you doing today, Lowry? I am doing well today, man. I cannot complain. It's big screen, little screen, talking about movies and TV shows. And I've been enjoying, most recently, the four-day weeks. Like Loving up the four-day weeks, The UK week, needs huh? them, man. The UK needs that. <laughs> There's been a debate about this, man. I think if you get paid for your bank holiday Monday, then it's all good. If you ain't getting paid for your bank holiday Monday, then I think that you probably want it to stay at a five-day week because people ain't trying to have that pay cut, man. <laughs> people ain't trying to have that pay cut, dude. Especially with the, the current government rises in inflation and stuff. It's a bit of a madness. I understand. But um, yeah, man. You're saying, you, been... you're saying you got paid for your bank holiday Monday, yeah? I am one of the fortunate people that do. <laughs> <laughs> so you're but, campaigning um, for the four-day week. I don't think it's going to happen in our generation, Larry. I, I just don't. I would love it, but I just don't. You know what I'm saying? We work five days. We work six days. Some people work seven. Mm. If we was to be working four days and having the three days off, I'd, I'd love that. But I don't know if it's going to happen, Larry. Look, next election, whoever says four-day week, I'm voting for it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Mad thing. To all those who have finished watching the final season of Ozark this week, just just wow. I mean, wow. If anybody yeah. asks me and tells me that that wasn't a great ending to a TV series, just just don't at me, man. Just don't at me. I think the ending is definitely a Marmite ending. Um, I think we spoke on the phone, similar to like Sopranos, where you had such a fantastic, slow, unra uh, unraveling story. And then at the end, it's just like, doom. And I think it's it'll be polarizing in a way which if people can see why they did that and take the series as a whole, then it makes sense. It's a it's a very realistic way to end that type of show. But for some people who wanted guns and Iron Man crashing down the <laughs> out of the sky and car chases and stuff, I could I could understand why people didn't like the ending. I think you summarized it greatly there, man. If you are a fan of Ozark, you've been a fan of all of the series i feel like this is the way that it was going to finish so yeah. let's not talk too much about it because we don't do spoilers and spoilers are for scoundrels mm -hmm. but right about now it's all about better call saul which is about <laughs> to get wrapped as well so yeah yeah you've been enjoying that one right i've been loving it man to all of the tv series that know when it's time to finish and leave you longing for more rather than like oh i'm still watching this because i really enjoyed it season one two three four but we're on season eight nine ten eleven twelve come on bro yeah i like like ozark i've not watched better call saul yet i'm that's in my calendar but i'm happy that ozark finished when it needed to finish like i said last week we don't want a Walking Dead situation where it's like a million <laughs> seasons, just know when to finish a TV series. And yeah, man, I'm I'm hearing good things about Better Call Saul though. Like, come on, bro, come on, bro, get on, get on levels. the train, man. I do, I know, I know, I know. Get on the train. We'll get back. We'll circle back on that one. You know what I'm saying? Big screen, little screen. SK Vibe Maker, Movie Reporter, Larry. We've got some good stuff on the menu today, this week. Where are we taking it, Larry? What have we got on the menu? We got a big show, man. We got probably the most anticipated Marvel release for 2022. We got one for the little screen and another one for the big screen. Where are we taking it first? We are taking it to the little screen. And just before we talk about this one, here's a snippet from the trailer. 
Big screen, little screen. Mossad sent me to Tehran on a mission. But then everything went wrong. We have to go, now. Half the guard is looking for us. We can't get out. You're a good agent, Tamar. We failed this operation. But it wasn't for nothing. We're playing a long game here. Who sent you? Trust me. This operation is highly classified. We need to stop him cold. You're about to work for them? I had no choice. If you pull this off, we'll help you escape. Can you handle it? I'll see it through. I know you will. Big screen, little screen. Big screen, little screen, SK Vibe Maker, Movie Reporter, Lowry, whether you are listening on the digital streaming platforms or you're listening on Rinse FM, we just heard a trailer. Sounded very espionage. Lowry's mm. about to give you the lowdown on it. We just heard the trailer for Tehran Season 2, which is an Apple TV Plus exclusive thriller. And I know you're going to say another back pocket <laughs> by Apple TV. He's taking the bungs, no. man. You know, he's an <laughs> Apple TV purist. Every week we seem to have something for Apple TV, even if it's like was released a month ago. Now we still want to talk <laughs> about it. it. I'm going to bring them all, all for the rest of the year. <laughs> so give us a lowdown on this one, man. Tehran season two. So I enjoyed the first season and actually I missed when it initially released. And um, I caught up recently. The show is based upon an international conflict between the countries of Iran and Israel. And it basically explores the espionage um, world, especially focusing on the Israel and Iranian battle, which I didn't know about. So obviously it's a fictionalized TV show, but researching online, there is some little bit of truth in there. Uh, and basically this series follows uh, a Mossad agent on her first mission in Iran, in the capital of Iran. And it ends up being a cat and mouse chase between the agent and the authorities in Iran. I'm not going to lie. I've not watched many things like this. 24 is nothing like this but it just reminds me a little bit but more so homeland that's something i watched in recent years man it reminds me a little bit of that man yeah you've hit the nail on the head i was definitely going to say homeland is the feeling that i get from it um just a bit more modern but um yeah it's it's literally not a carbon copy but very similar very tense really good acting uh the episodes are about 40 to 45 minutes long there's eight episodes in season two and it's filmed really well and it really digs deep into the whole espionage element to it, which, and also added to this is that the main character, she's Israeli, but she's also from Persian descent. So there's a conflict with her character, which is a nice and also like an extra bonus in the series because you're like, rah, like some decisions she's making, is it? where she was born or is it her heritage like it's a madness <laughs> it's, it's mad and uh, the big news for season two is the addition of glenn close who's playing a british woman living in tehran so that's going to be interesting to see that story unfold because and uh, ending of season one ended like a madness so season two looks to take 
whatever was going on in season one. I'm not, I'm not going to say because we don't do spoilers and just amplify that to the next level. For the spy lovers and the mature audiences, Tehran season two out on Apple TV Plus, May the 6th, the first two episodes and then weekly releases and is a 15. Big screen, little screen, SK vibe maker, movie reporter Lowry, where are we taking it next? SK, we are taking it to the big screen. And before we talk about this one, here's a snippet from the trailer. Big screen, little screen. Hey. Vi laver en byttehandel. Jeg får min vare, jeg får tre pakker smøger. Så får du en økse. you're definitely tuned into big screen little screen it's something we do every week myself sk vibe maker movie reporter larry it's where we talk about everything good on the big screen the little screen and everything else in between we just heard a trailer and larry's about to give you the lowdown we just heard the trailer for wild men which is a black comedy movie directed by thomas Dainskov, and it basically follows a man called martin who has fled his family and the modern world and he's headed <laughs> into the woods to to live like a viking basically and he encounters an injured drug smuggler in living in the woods and that marks the start of like a friendship and not just any friendship but this friendship includes evading the cops the police who end up chasing them throughout the film and in addition to this you have martin's concerned wife and other criminals on the lookout for him also what you might have heard from the trailer, which I might have said at the T.O.P., is this is a non-English spoken movie, but don't fear the subtitles. Yeah, so it's uh, in Norwegian language with English subtitles. And I believe there is Danish uh, sprinkled in there as well. Um, that's what I've been reading online. And the film, the way to describe it is like the film is like a meditation on masculinity and mental illness in the modern times, which I re I think is such a an expressive and eye-opening plot to have in the film in, in this generation, especially with the mental health element with men. We don't really see that in popular media, in TV series and films. So that was a nice touch to watch in this movie. Martin, he is going through a midlife crisis in this film and his character is finding it hard to deal with everyday life, with his wife, with his kids, with work. So he just said, you know what, I'm going in the woods, I'm switching off my phone and I'm just doing my own thing. Which, which, you know, props to him, man. Like, <laughs> that's quite sick. What do you think about that? I mean, you could see from the trailer that this is like a black comedy. It's a bit mm. off the wall. It's kind of like a Marmite film, it seems like, you know, for those who like the Coen brother films. Do you know what I'm saying? Marmite. You might yeah. love them. You might loathe them. And that's what I took from the trailer. Yeah, definitely. And that's right. Hitting the nail on the head. This film is kind of like if the Coen brothers, and for those who don't know who they are, they're famous directors, probably legends in some eyes. They've directed films like Fargo, No Country for Old Men, plus many more. And if you were to mix a Coen brother type film with The Hunt for the Wilder People, a film directed by Taika Waititi, a film that I love, really good film, 
if you had to blend those together this is the baby that would be produced mm. for me the film failed to deliver and it's mainly due to the character development the film f relies heavily on martin the character that you're watching and you don't really see anything that happens prior to him getting into the woods so you're you're left and you're put in a situation where you have to assume what's happened and you're not really for, uh, showcased the events that happened that make you put context to certain things that he does in the film so it does feel very random at times when you're watching it also it's it's supposed to be a black comedy and in the trailer there are a few laughs and jokes in there but a lot of the humor for me didn't land in this film and i think it probably would have been best led as a drama film rather than a black comedy it is definitely a Marmite movie. <laughs> like mm. some people will love the quirkiness about this movie. It's a different style of black comedy, but for me, it didn't hit. So I give this a Lowry two out of five. Right down the middle, man. Wild mm. Men is out the 6th of May via cinema and it's for mature audiences. Mm. Big screen, little screen, SK vibe makeup, move report a Lowry. If you are a regular listener to big screen, little screen, you know we like to get a bit nerdy. And for the past month or so, past few months, we've incorporated a new feature into big screen, little screen. It's where we do a bit of trivia. Are you ready for some trivia, Lowry? I'm always ready for some trivia. And I'd say the last couple of weeks, we've spoken about some classics, some cult classics, some classic classics, directors. It's been good, man. It's a good addition. That's what we're here to do, man. We're here to celebrate. And this week, we are going to celebrate an absolute monster of a film. A definite classic. This week is the 22nd anniversary of the film Gladiator. Released at the beginning of May in both the United States and the UK in the year 2000. Directed by Ridley Scott, who I know you definitely know for classics like Alien, Blade Runner, Thelma and Louise and The Martian. The Gladiator stars Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix, Connie Nelson... Derek Jacoby and a guy who I cannot pronounce his name, but Larry's about to give you the right pronunciation <laughs> for this guy's name. How do you say his name? Jaimon Honsu. There we go. One day I'll say his name right, man. Also, Richard Harris stars in the film and Oliver Reed, who sadly passed away before the film's completion and release. Inspired by Daniel P. Mannick's 1958 book, Those About to Die, the film's plot I don't know, I feel like it's quite simple. Set in Roman times, 180 AD, the story of a once powerful general Maximus Decimus Meridius forced to become a common gladiator. The emperor's son, he's enraged when he's passed over to become the heir um, in favour of his father's favourite general Maximus. He kills his father and arranges for the murder of the general's family and the general is sold into slavery to be trained as a gladiator and then you just see how it unfolds man i know you've seen this film lowry right if you hadn't have seen this film i feel like you're probably not my qualified to be on big screen <laughs> little screen you know what i'm saying my critic card will be revoked oh man i i remember watching this film I, you know i've not watched it for a little while but i've watched it multiple times and i remember the first time watching this film and i was just in awe like one of the best films i've watched and like you already mentioned, an absolute classic. The action is brutal. This this revenge story is one of the best revenge stories in a film that I've seen. The score, everything about this film is elite levels. Obviously, everyone's going to know, are you not entertained? Are I you not entertained? <laughs> which 
that battle, that fight scene was a bad boy uh, battle. And then talking about other battles, the Battle of Zama, um, that was the that's probably like the most iconic, apart from the ending, the iconic scene where um, they're in the Colosseum and they're in the middle and they start doing that shield, the shield bit, and they have to defend themselves against the other fighters. That scene, the choreography, how they is all based on facts, like the way they set up with the shields, with the arrows and the knives and all of that stuff. I think it was so smart. And, mm. you know, watching, when you said that we're going to do Gladiator, I watched that scene just on YouTube because I got the clip of it. And I still have the same goosebumps feeling watching it now as when I watched it for the first time. Um, this film is shot in chronological order. Most films these days are shot in parts and they stitch it together. Ridley wanted to shoot this in as much chronological order as he could. Um, the film received, was it 12 Oscars? Best picture, best actor for Russell Crowe. Um, I believe it won, I think it won BAFTAs as well. Um, yeah, it did win best, pa it, went, it won best picture, best actor for Crowe, best costume design, best sound. <laughs> it cleaned up. Hella cleaned up accolades. And um, the only thing, there's a sequel in development. And I'm just like, nah, why? Well, this pause film... on that. Pause on that. Go we're going we, we, to talk about that potential sequel. But apparently the film was loosely based on real events that occurred in the Roman yeah. Empire in the latter half of the second century AD. Mm. Um, Oliver Reed, who sadly passed away before the completion of the film, like his, his final scenes, they had to be computer generated. CGI, and that cost... Yeah. 3.2 million for two minutes of additional footage crazy scenes to be complete yeah. like we said man the battle scenes are epic the story is compelling and it's over two and a half hours of running time and it doesn't seem to drag now nope. the film is very famous for are you not entertained and your boy jay-z sampled that you know maximus saying that famous line in what more can i say on his track on the Black Album released in the year 2003. Like we said, it was a box office success, grossing just under $190 million in the United States and just under $460 million worldwide, making it the second highest grossing film of the year 2000. Now, speaking of that sequel, last year in 2021, Ridley Scott officially announced that he had begun writing the sequel to the film. Mm. I mean... People are going to feel all kinds of different feelings about it, but why I mean, not? Obviously, we're going to go watch it because it's Ridley Scott and it's a sequel to one of the one of the best action films made. But this is my issue with because if that film doesn't do well, then it taints the first film. Even though the first first film's so good, now that you go to extend the story, now we're going to be like, hmm. I've got to disagree with you, Larry. I don't feel like it taints the first film at all because there's many films that have had sequels and sequels that haven't been as successful as the first one. But we could go through, look at the Terminator franchise. Look at Back to the Future. There was three of them. The first two are classics. The third one wasn't a classic. Yeah, but There's many films like uh, Raiders. I mean, like uh, Raiders Indiana of the Lost Jones, Ark, yeah. Indiana Jones, the same thing. Like, many films like it doesn't taint the first one, the original, because most of the time the original was the best. Yeah, but with Terminator, the name has been tainted. Like if someone was to see another Terminator film, you'd just roll your eyes because, ah, oh, this again. Like where if they had left it at Terminator 2, that's it. It's obviously Terminator 2 is a classic, one of the best sequels to a film. 
But then they did three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and it's just kind of like now you're tainting the name of Terminator. So maybe I mean, if you do a sequel to a classic and it doesn't turn out to be or even match the levels that the first one had, then I think you taint the name. You risk tainting the name of, in this instance, Gladiator. I think this should have been left alone, just you know, a standalone story and just leave it. We had the Northman recently, Rob, uh, Robert Eggers' film. And it's similar to Gladiator, so revenge story done in a different time and different types of people. But again, it wasn't trying to copy Gladiator, but you could tell there was influence from it, Inspired from a revenge by. story, the battle. So, yeah, man. Listen, man, this sequel's going to come out. We have no power over it. Mr. Ridley Scott <laughs> isn't going to listen to us. And you know what? Big up Ridley Scott because he's going strong at the age of 84. So yeah. big up Ridley Scott, man. And he's working on another film at the moment as well. But back to The Gladiator, 22-year anniversary this month, the beginning of May. And um, a classic. It's as simple as that. If you haven't watched it, I ain't mad at you because you've got a great film to discover whenever you're ready. Salute The Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Big screen, little screen, SK Vibe Maker, Move Reporter Lowry. We've already discussed Tehran Season 2 and The Wild Men. We're going to get back to the releases. I mean, one of the biggest of the year. A lot of people have been eagerly anticipating. Where are we going next, Lowry? This is the release of the week. The big one. Probably, as a Marvel fan, the most anticipated release for this year. SK, I know you've been anticipating this one. Before we get into this one, here's a snippet from the trailer. Big screen, little screen. Every night, I dream the same dream. Screen, little screen, SK Vibe Maker, Move Reporter Lowry. Whether you are listening on Rinse FM or you are listening on the digital streaming platforms, this is where we talk about everything good on the big screen, little screen, and everything else in between. And we just heard a massive trailer that I feel like doesn't need much of an introduction. Lowry, give them the lowdown. We just heard the trailer for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It's finally here, people. It's finally here. And Lowry's got all kinds of different feelings and how he feels about it because he is 
the movie critics movie critic and he gets to see everything in advance i get to see some things in advance as well <laughs> but larry watches things in his sleep he watches things after he shags before he shags while he's in the <laughs> toilet he's supposed to be on holiday he's supposed to be banned oh. from his screens he watches things all of the times he watches the movies so we don't have to watch the bad ones so give us a lowdown on this one larry so this movie is directed by the legend sam raimi if you don't know that name you need to get to know. He's known for directing the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy. Some call the greatest comic book trilogy. I beg to differ. But Spider-Man 2 is definitely up there. And the Evil Dead franchise. We have the return of Benedict Cumberbatch and Elizabeth Olsen as Doctor Strange and Wanda Maximoff. And we have a new character introduction called America Chavez, played by Zochi Gomez. And this movie set a few months after the events of Spider-Man No Way Home. A fantastic film, like probably one of my favorite Marvel films of recent times. And we watched Stephen Strange with the help of old and new mystical allies travel into the multiverse to face a mysterious new enemy. I heard a little story from a Tweety Bird that this was supposed to be released before No Way Home. Did you hear about that? Yep, that is correct. That is correct. And then with the, well, there's so many stories out there, but they're saying with obviously the pandemic, they had to shuffle things. But I actually have a feeling that the story wasn't there. Like the first initial draft of this film wasn't correct. And then they used Spider-Man as a catalyst for this film. So they probably had to make a lot of changes because there was a lot of reshoots for this film. Mm -hmm. Every night I dream the same dream, then the nightmare begins. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Does this film require a lot of concentration? Give them the light lowdown just in case they didn't watch the first Doctor Strange film. They don't know what Doctor Strange is doing. Give them the like the insight, Larry. We need insights. <laughs> so I would definitely say you need to watch the first Doctor Strange film to understand him as a character. If you have Disney Plus or you're looking to get Disney Plus, definitely watch the One Division TV series because that gives you a backstory and context as to why Wanda is in this film. I'd also watch Loki because Loki also teaches us about the infinite multiverses that are within the MCU. Bro, so that's a lot of homework, man. That's a lot of homework it's a, still. <laughs> it's a, that's a lot of homework, lot, man. <laughs> but I couldn't go into too much detail without ruining the main story of this. And I think this is a film and I did. This is probably the first time in ages I watched the first trailer and that was it. I put Doctor Strange in my block list on Twitter because I heard there was leaks. I did not watch anything and I'm happy because after watching this film, I watched the trailer and they basically ruined the whole film, which I was, this is quite shocking for a Marvel film. And I was looking online and apparently Kevin Feige, who's the, the head honcho at Marvel Entertainment, he was actually quite surprised that they put that much into a trailer which is surprising but i'll just give my quick synopsis without ruining the movie so basically what you're doing is you're giving spoilers without giving spoilers is that what you're saying to no me today Larry? is that what you're saying <laughs> is that what you're saying because you no say spoilers. that the trailer shows us everything and i'm telling you yeah i'm gonna punch the wall when i come out of the cinema and it's bad as what you're saying i'm just want to say that i might punch the wall <laughs> go on continue larry so it's a big opportunity missed by Marvel, uh, unfortunately, for this film. The characters I felt performed well. Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda, she stole the movie, uh, especially with the events from WandaVision that trickles into this film. So if you're familiar with that, you'll love it. And I felt that her pain and trauma, the way she displayed it in the film, was top notch. 
Uh, it was cool to see the different Doctor Strange characters in the film that we've seen in the trailer. Um, you know, we learned stuff from Loki, as I've already mentioned. And yeah, it was nice. The Gomez's character, American Chavez, she solid performance. Um, I thought that she didn't put a foot wrong. And the horror element, boy, I was surprised. I never thought I would see this level of horror in an MCU Disney film. I thought it was all fairy tales and stuff. This You're saying dark, yeah? Yeah, I, I would say it's not constant because you do see at times that they rein it back a bit because it is a 12A. But there are parts where I was like, whoa, I was like, all right. But I enjoyed that because it's something different, something that we've not seen in an MCU film before. I mean, there's a lot of magic involved because of Doctor Strange casting the forbidden spell that opens up the portal to the multiverse. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's going to be that. You know what I'm saying? The threat that emerges that may be too big for his team to handle. I mean, there's a lot that I mean needs to be fulfilled for that storyline there, innit? Where it lets itself down is that you can clearly see the strategy that Marvel are going for when it comes to the new Phase 4. I'd probably say, aside from Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and Spider-Man No Way Home, they, they all have elements that dramatically shift the MCU into some next fate, like a different level that we never knew it would go. And this film, it has it, but the execution was off, in my opinion. The story's messy. It feels dated, like almost to the point where it's like Venom dated, where you think, wow, this could have been released in 2002. Um, amazing camera work that Raimi's known for. Uh, you've seen it in the Spider-Man. I think Dr. Ock's fighting Spider-Man and zooms into his eye and then zooms back out. You've seen it in the trailer. Very good. It works well in the film. But the CGI wasn't great. I have to say, man, the CGI wasn't great. Did and it require a lot of attention? I mean, was it very confusing? I mean, it's a no, multiverse of madness. No, like, and, that, and, and, and that's one of the downsides to this film is that I was expected to be confused and taken through so many things. And it was very easy to understand. I think for a multiverse film, they dropped the ball with the story and being too safe, they played it a bit too safe. They should have been bolder and pushed the boundaries more for a multiverse type film. I'm not saying that this movie is terrible because it's not a terrible film, but the new standards that Marvel have set recently, especially with Shang-Chi, Eternals, Endgame, Infinity War, Civil War, most recently Spider-Man No Way Home, this film definitely falls short because with the characters involved, the director and all the backstory that we've watched, this film should have just took the baton from Spider-Man No Way Home and ran with it. Usain Bolt to the finish line. And for me, unfortunately, it, it, it doesn't do that. There are other elements, but I'm not going to elaborate on those because I don't do spoilers. But um, I would say go into this film with an open mind. Don't go in with high expectations uh, because it's not going to blow your mind as I thought it would do but with that said I would definitely give it a Lowry three and a half out of five so it's not terrible but I was expecting this film to be like four four and a half levels and it's fallen short from that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is out the 6th of May in the UK via cinemas and it's 12A Big screen, little screen, SK Vibe Maker, Movie Reporter Lowry of course it's been a big one again this week Larry, we're going to be back next week, man. Where can they find you in the meantime? You can find me on my social media handle, which is at Everything Lowry. Lowry spelled L-O-W-E-R-Y. YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter is all under that.
And of course, you can find me at SK Vibe Maker, all good socials or www.skvibemaker.co.uk. Don't forget to check out the back catalogue, com. Man, we're out here. Big screen, little screen. See you next week, Larry. See you next week, bro. Take care. Big screen, little screen.